five minutes time. So at the moment we've got uh, 31 participants on. We're expecting close to 100. So that number is uh, increasing as we go. So we just uh, bear with us for about two or three minutes and then uh, we'll make a start. Um, and I'll just outline how we'll go about uh, about today's session. We're aiming to run for uh, close on an hour today. So um, just uh, as Sheila pointed out before, at the moment, everybody uh, should be on mute. If you can mute yourselves, um, unless I actually ask you to speak. So what we'll, unfortunately, if you're not muted, we will get some background uh, noise. So if everyone can make sure that they are muted and then... If you're, if I ask you to, I've got lots of uh, people to uh, to direct uh, some questions to. Um, if you're one of those, um, unmute yourself and uh, and 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 uh, have a bit of a chat to us. What we'll do uh, at the end is that Sheila and I will both work on um, answering questions, um, and, uh, and there'll be a chat facility as well. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to. Um, ask a question through that chat facility or, or raise your hand as well. So um, hopefully this is a bit of a trial, um, but we're hoping it's going to go really, really well. So a couple of minutes then we'll make a start. We've got 41 people on board now. We're expecting close to 100. So uh, we're nearly there. raising professionals around the country so fantastic in this uh in this new world that we're operating in right now to see so many people connected in and and hopefully today is going to be a uh, a fantastic opportunity to uh to learn from others um obviously our institutions and our key stakeholders um including parents donors alumni and school supporters um have suffered immeasurably in recent times and and things don't look like getting too much better over obviously the next few months but the aim of today is to to find a way through and it's to determine you know what we can do as fundraising and alumni professionals you know in a really uncertain world um, how can we be positive how can we be proactive what can we be doing that is going to have impact for our institution in these times what can we be doing now that's going to really benefit um, both our roles 
uh, and our institutions uh, over the next uh, next few years. Uh, things might seem uncertain at the moment, but hopefully some of the ideas and some of the initiatives that will come through today and the learning from others uh, will, will certainly assist um, you in your roles. Uh, today I'll be the facilitator, and for those that haven't met me before, my name's Russell Davidson and I'm Director of Development and Alumni Relations at, at Halebury. Um, and I'm certainly not the expert in this field. I'll facilitate today, but I'll be pointing to a load of people around the country who'll provide their ideas and their insights. Um, I'm very grateful for the support of, of Ros Holloway, who's on the uh, VicTAS um, Educate Plus Committee, and Ros is going to be taking some notes. And, and at the end of today, uh, this session obviously is recorded, and we'll also prepare a document for you all based on the discussions of today. Um, I've been fortunate that I've received a lot of information from people over the last last couple of days, and I'll be calling upon those people uh, to, to speak and to outline uh, what their plans are. Uh, when I do ask you to speak, if I can ask that you do unmute yourself uh, before you speak, uh, that'd be great. It's great that everyone is, unmuted, is, is muted at the moment and there's no background noise, so hopefully we can get through this um, and use the technology really efficiently. If you'd like to use the chat facility uh, or if you'd like to ask questions or make a point through the chat or the raise hand facility and Sheila will monitor that and, and, and at the end we'll hopefully get to as many questions or comments uh, as we possibly can. There certainly will be an opportunity to, to make those comments. Today this is, a really, this is about connection and it's about learning from each other and maximising uh, our Educate Plus membership as we work together straight to the, the questions. And I raised five or six different questions across the, uh, uh, the email that was sent out the, the other day. One of the, the first questions I asked was, how is your institution dealing with the current uh, crisis with, with regards to fundraising? And there was a variety of responses Obviously, many of our institutions have had to uh, cancel uh, or postpone a variety of events, and that's obvious, that's obvious to us all. We needed to do that. But there are certainly some measures that we can take uh, in place that, uh, that are going to be uh, positive and proactive for, for our members. I'm going to go all the way down to uh, Point Lonsdale uh, now on the Bellarine Peninsula and, and ask uh, my great friend Tim Shearer, who's actually uh, in self-isolation at the moment, having just returned uh, from the US. Uh, I, Tim assures me that you can't catch uh, coronavirus uh, through the, uh, through Zoom. So, Tim, if you'd like to uh, open the batting here and uh, and just talk a little bit about what Scotch College is doing uh, in in this time of uh, time of need with respect to fundraising and how you're dealing with this, Tim. Thanks, uh, thanks, Russell. Yeah, and it is it's true. I, I came back from America um, a couple of Sundays ago, and uh, I was uh, obviously had to fit into the government um, regulations. It's been interesting, just this the test of communication and some of the challenges of working with my team remotely. It's um, it's been a good opportunity to put in place uh, and practice some of those um, uh, some of those techniques that I think we're all going to have to use uh, over the next. Uh, of the, the next period of time. Um, look, I think a couple of notes that I've just said, I think we've all got to adapt. I think you've got to, you know, you would have had your plan at the start of this year of what you were going to do when. I think that goes out the window, unfortunately, or not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, 
obviously the events program, is, as Russell's alluded to, has changed significantly. I think with the events going, that means we have a, um, an even more, um, more, we need to place even more importance on, uh, on communicating effectively without over bombarding. I'm sensing that a lot of organisations are probably over communicating at the moment, which is uh, all with good intent. But I think we've just got to get that balance right uh, and, and not over communicate and not, not Scotch again or not whoever again. Um, so um, but we've got to adapt and adapt quickly. Um, so just, just for some examples, we, we've run an annual giving program with our community since 1977 and it's run every year. We've made the decision to actually uh, cancel that for this year. I, I think the last thing you can be doing right now is uh, is going out and actively fundraising. Um, however, what we are doing in lieu of this is, is sending a communication only to those donors who have supported the school or the foundation previously, um, asking them, um, or one, reaching out to them and you know, expressing concern and giving them an update on, on how the um, COVID-19 situation's impacted on the school and how the school's responded to it. And then we touch on, obviously this is gonna impact a lot of our parents and, and, and their ability to, um, to keep up with their school fees. So we've, we've always had, but we've never really promoted it, a school fee assistance fund. Um, so we are going to ask for people who are in the position to, and if they have the inclination to, to support the school fee assistance fund. It's important to note that that is not a tax deductible fund. The last thing we want to be doing right now is putting in, play, in jeopardy um, uh, uh, DGR um, funds. That would be a very, very bad um, sort of byproduct of this bad situation. So, um, and then, so we talk about that first, and then we allude to you might also want to um, support the scholarship, uh, the scholarship or bursary fund, which is which is tax deductible, and that will be going to supporting uh, boys in our case in the future who who otherwise might not be able to come to the school. So that's that's something we're doing in the very short term. We are still working with our supporter update. We do a biannual supporter update to all of our donors. Uh, we're preparing that and we're getting that out, and we are doing our annual our foundation annual report. I think it's, and even though there's costs there and all of that type of thing, I think it's really important that those communications continue, particularly in light of um, uh, the events uh, um, being postponed or in some instances canceled. So that's a bit of an overview of where, at, where we're at and we are reviewing our strategic plan. Well, it's really, the strategic plan stays the same, but our operating plan is, is changed. That's, that's it, happy to take any questions. Thanks, Tim. That's uh, that's really that's really beneficial. Really appreciate it. You did mention that uh, you uh, were discontinuing, were not going ahead with your annual uh, giving campaign uh, this year. I might uh, stay on the Bellarine Peninsula and, and go to Geelong College. Um, and, and Peter is uh, is out there. Pete, I know that you've um, decided that you are going to continue on with your annual giving campaign for 2020. Um, and deciding only to mail existing donors. Do you want to have a quick uh, chat about that, Peter, Peter Moran from Geelong College? You'll just need to unmute there, Pete. Sorry. There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, so similar to, to uh, Tim at Scotch, we've decided that we still want to put a communication out to our existing donors only. Um, similar to every other school, we've got a long, we've got a good supporter base there that we want to keep communicating with. And again, similar to Scotch, uh, updating them with what the college's response is to the COVID-19, um, how that's affecting, and also um, just highlighting our what we call our Pegasus scholarships, which are equity scholarships. So again, similar message to Tim in that it's about supporting families who might be having difficulty at this time. And the message, very soft ask, shall we say. Um, around that to sort of say we understand people are all going through their individual circumstances at the moment um, but if you do um, wish to continue to support the college as they have to, um, to consider making a gift but very much around um, a communications uh, about what the college is responding to the COVID and how we're um, how it's affecting us and how it's affecting the community and um, and just asking for people's support if they wish to give it but certainly very soft ask in that regard. Thanks, uh, thanks, Pete. Appreciate that. Um, Ballarat Grammar. Travis was uh, was talking about Travis Polkinghorne was talking about uh, their communication that's um, at their school and in terms of drafting a letter to all of their annual giving constituents as well. Travis, did you want to explain how you're dealing with uh, with things at, at Ballarat Grammar School? Sorry, Russell. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're similar to a combination of the other two that uh, Tim and Peter have spoken about. And I think our thinking shifted slightly, but uh, we have actually made the decision not to run annual giving this year. So um, similar to Tim, we're still going to write to people advising them of where the school's at and what they're doing. Um, but also then in a soft approach, let them know there are ways that they can support students or families who may need some support through this time. Um, we're probably considering also looking at our fees trust as an option as well as scholarships. Uh, so we just need to clarify that. Um, and then obviously, yeah, that the uh, tax, the deductibility uh, of a um, of the fees trust being, you know, not a tax deduction. But um, the thing we're going to do, and we're very conscious, uh, like the other guys, in terms of the amount of information going out, particularly to current families. So uh, I think we won't write to uh, existing or current parents because they're getting regular communications, but it will be other donors who have previously supported the school. So um, very softly and uh, gently as we go in terms of any ask or anything. Um, but yeah, we're not gonna run a formal uh, annual giving campaign this year. Thanks, Travis. Um, we're fortunate to uh, to have uh, Ann Badger online from Martin Lundy, and, and one of the next questions I was I did put to the group was, what programs are you proactively putting in place to engage with current and prospective donors? Given that um, we've pretty much shut down our, our whole event industry and uh, and face to face communication, while still achievable, is not as easy as it once was. And I might call you into the conversation now and just if you can comment on, you know, some of your thoughts around this issue and what some of the schools that you're dealing with uh, and how they're coping uh, in this time as well. Thanks, Russell. And thanks to Educate Plus for this opportunity. I hope we have more of them because I think we all need to see each other and feel connected. Um, I think it's all the, I agree with all of the things that our colleagues have been saying. I think one important thing is I'm seeing a lot of communication to current parents. I'm not seeing a lot of communication to the wider community. 
And I think it's really important that we understand that our alumni, not just our donors, but our alumni, our grandparents, our friends, um, for example, I'm a donor to lots of schools. I'm not hearing a lot from them. I think we're all really interested in the institutions that we belong to and invest in. And I think people would really value an update about what the school is doing, how it's traveling. Um, what I'm hearing from, uh, I actually did feasibility interviews last week, very interesting. What I heard from people was, we wanna know how you're coping now, but we also wanna know that you've got a plan for the future. So I think that communication is really important to people. Um, and I think, Russell, importantly, good news stories. For example, uh, your alumni and your grandparents and your friends may not understand. No, thank you. Uh, may not understand about much about online learning. I think some positive stories about how students and staff are coping so well about what's happening, I think that would be really heartening to people to actually hear how well you're doing and to actually have some stories around that. And I think we're probably under communicating with our alumni and our wider community and our parents, as many of you have observed, are being very heavily communicated with. We all talk about, most of us have used words like family and community. And I think we need to understand that if we're with our community in bad times as well as good uh, and stick with them, sending them updates, sending them little videos of kids doing things, whatever we're able to do using the technology, I think that would be tremendously heartening and helpful to people. Uh, I think donor updates are vital. I think if you're in the middle of a campaign and you hit the pause button, it would be really important to tell your donors that the money is being put aside, that it's not being used, um, you know, that you'll come back to it. I think that would be reassuring to people because they want to know those sorts of things. If you have many donors to scholarship and bursary programs, telling them how the money is at work and so useful. So segmenting the communications and telling people what's happening, I think would be really, really important. For older community members, uh, Russell, what I'm seeing is a number of my schools are actually contacting their uh, bequesters and their bequest prospects and their older alumni and reaching out to them and just saying, hello, how are you, how are you managing? And that has been tremendously well received because some of these people haven't spoken to anyone in a couple of days. Um, they really appreciate the contact. It's nothing, nothing to do with fundraising. It's everything to do with community and connection. And I feel like that would be highly valued. What we learned from the GFC, and this is different from, but we've got some learnings from it, is not only do we have to stay in touch with people for current giving, but we have to also think about our pipeline for the future. And if we're really committed to community and family, as I think we all are, then we need to show that we're reaching out to them and not everyone is on Zoom and receiving emails. So I think phone calls, uh, notes, anything that you can do to stay in touch with your community would be tremendously helpful. Thank you, Anne. That's, uh, that's wonderful insight. I appreciate that. I, I encourage everyone to, to use the chat facility or, or to make a comment. Uh, and we'll certainly, I can certainly see that. Uh, so thank you to those doing that. And we'll get back to those. Great insight there. 
Ros Holloway at, uh, at Mentone Girls Grammar School has, uh, has really ramped up her engagement of late and uh, uh, in terms of telephone calls, cards, etc. Ros, would you like to comment on, on the work that you're doing with your community at Mentone? Yes, sure. So I decided to implement, I'm not quite sure whether it'll be a weekly or fortnightly email to our broader community. So that's our alumni, our past staff, our past counsellors and any special friends. So my first email went out in the last couple of days. The email was twofold. The first section profiled what we're doing with our current students, had lots of photos of online learning. Um, and the, the second part of the email was sort of like a little care package for our community. So it was the first, first email that went out this week was a, a yoga session, um, a fitness session. Um, so I'm planning on doing that weekly or fortnightly for our current, for our broader community um, because it was very well received. I, for example, 100 staff, I, 100, about 120 past staff I sent that to. I got about 15, 20 responses saying um, some of the elderly ones were struggling with the yoga session I sent them, but they were very appreciative and they really, really like seeing what's happening with our girls and how they're coping with the online learning, which has been really successful. So the feedback has just been amazing. So that's something that I'm planning on rolling out at least once a week or once a fortnight at the moment to the broader community. So we're talking thousands of people, so the impact is quite strong. I'm hearing back from bequest prospects and all that sort of thing. So it's a lovely, lovely initiative. And it's it's pretty basic. It's just a few photos of what our girls are doing and then a little exercise for our community to do, whether that's a yoga, relaxation, fitness session, meditation. Um, I'm also uh, communicating a lot on a one-to-one -one basis with our elderly and more vulnerable in the community. So all girls past staff, um, sending beautiful cards, where I can and just ringing in and they're really, really appreciating um, hearing from me by phone as well. So just checking in to see how people are doing at the moment. And I, I also, in my email to them, I also said, if you want to hear that, if you want to need any support, just yell out, I'm here, here's my number. So that's what I'm up to, Russell. Thank you. Well done, Ros. Thank you very much. Great comment from Tim Shearer in the, uh, in the in the Zoom group chat there, just in relation to identifying those from your community uh, who might be working in virus research or on the front line, feature them in, in community communications. So I think that's really positive. Um, the Julia has just asked, and I'm probably referencing, uh, thanks Paul for responding to that one. Um, Julia Glass has asked for the school fundraising fee relief bursary is are you sending your appeals out now or waiting until closer to the end of financial year? I might direct that question to you, uh, Timmy Shearer. We, um, we're probably going to look to send it out um, sort of in the second week of April, which is around the standard time for us. So um, I think that'll let the, the current acuteness, or let's hope things get better. I mean, Possibly they're going to get worse, but I, where, when is the perfect time? I don't know. There is one. I think it is before June 30. It's giving people time to respond before June 30 if they do want to uh, benefit from the tax deduction. Um, but I might, I, I'm quite keen to get ours out um, uh, sooner rather than later. Thanks, Tim. Um, 
in, in light of all the bad news, uh, Penny Bowman from Turak College uh, had, a, had a really good story yesterday in that she received a, a sizable uh, donation. Uh, Penn, would you like to uh, tell us how that came about? Yeah, sure. Uh, am I, can everyone see me okay? Do I need to? Okay, thing. So, um, uh, as I'm sure a lot of schools are doing at the moment, we went through and looked at all our expenses that are coming up and um, we've put on hold or postponed, I think is the popular word at the moment, um, anything that was non-essential. And one of those essential projects that we had coming up was the digitisation of our archives program uh, or our archives collection, which was um, certainly quite a sizable um, I've had a lot of volunteers coming together to get ready for that project and we we're just about to hit the go button on it and um, and and send it all off to be scanned and then it's all going to go onto a website. So I was pretty devastated to hear that that was going to be cancelled. Um, but I've had this uh, prospective donor in the back of my mind for a while now who I knew she wanted to give towards something that was going to be very impactful. And um, I contacted her yesterday and asked her if she would cover the entire expense of that project. And she was just delighted to help out. So that was a big win. And I certainly didn't expect to be doing any <laughs> major fundraising this week, but um, there is opportunity if you, if you look around. And uh, she was certainly someone who I've been keeping in touch with over the phone. She's elderly for quite some time now. And she said she was very happy to help because she felt very engaged by the school and um, she really wanted this project to get up and running as much as I did. So that was a great news story and it, it sort of lifted the spirits all around the school, I think. Thanks, Penn. I'm going to call on uh, Paul Dennett now, Paul from Queenwood um, in, uh, in, in Sydney. Paul uh, and I spoke briefly the other day about virtual events, but Paul's also got some advice on fee relief support. So Paul, if you'd like to uh, uh, just explain that for us, please. Yes, if, uh, if any of you have been um, onto the Educate Plus forum, you'll have seen a few posts from me. Um, one is uh, my, uh, my kind of pet grumble about the uh, situation here um, with tax deductibility and the narrow focus of that. So it's been something I've been investigating and I've had an initial um, call with um, lawyers, um, pro-ledgers, um, who are specialists in this and just querying what our options are on um, and how far we can we can go and they have in an informal initial phone consultation said that there may be scope to position fee relief support under the scholarships bursaries and prize classic dgr fund um, I'm, I'm skeptical and i've kind of pushed and challenged um, them on that but they've they've kind of responded pretty robustly to to my challenges on it and we are actually now engaging them on an, on a short exercise where they are going through our fund and they're going to pitch a solution to us uh, i think that they will be able to argue a case that from a legal perspective um, it is viable i think uh, whether we actually take them up and act on it is more likely to be driven by how comfortable we are that they are their advice and their recommendation sits within the spirit of of the law and the legislation because we ethically and morally we don't want to do the wrong thing um, and certainly also we don't want to be 
the ones who are hauled over the coals in the papers and such like for uh, for being seen to do the wrong thing. But I wanted to flag that up there because um, my sense has been it's very much been taken as a given. It is impossible to make these gifts tax deductible. And it's very interesting to me that some experts are saying, well, actually, that may not be the case. Thanks, Paul. I'm going to stay with you just in, on the topic of what we can be doing in these times uh, to, to connect with our donors. And you mentioned um, that you are exploring the idea of virtual events, obviously haven't done that um, at this point in time. And we're doing the same at, at Halebury, having a bit of a look at that and seeing how that might uh, work with our community. Have you got any comment to make on that, Paul, as to how that might play out or, or what impact that might have? Yeah, I mean, we, we have um, a, a three times a year big public uh, lecture series of our moral lectures, which have been very, very popular, very high caliber speakers. And we were due to have one at the beginning of this week. And of course, there was an immediate move, simply let's just cancel it and see what happens. We have another one scheduled for a couple of months time. And again, a terrific speaker we've been reflecting on whether this kind of knee jerk, let's just cut it and kill it and just batten down the hatches is, is the smart thing or not. And what we would like to be able to do is, is rather than cancel any of the events from now on is to switch them on to virtual ones. Um, we are still investigating the technical platforms for the best ones for doing that. And so I don't yet have a recommendation, but I'm happy to share that through the forums subsequently as we, uh, as we zero in on a solution. But what we want to be able to do and we're envisaging is rather than have an hour long lecture and 20 minutes Q and A, perhaps have a much more condensed lecture presentation and, and live stream and have lots more interactivity at the end. Um, to pilot it rather than going out with a massive audience and with a senior external guest speaker, we're going to be testing it first of all with the principal and one of our senior well-being experts in our network um, to actually do a, a kind of well-being and mental health focused session for our, our parents uh, uh, so that we're kind of within a fairly kind of safe environment there we know we've got the quality of the speakers um, and we wanted to have that kind of level of engagement anyway and that's very much a theme for us is about well-being and care and, and the mental health because the actual curriculum and academic side of the distance learning seems to be working extremely well for us so so that's what we'll do first do do an online event with their Q&A make it very interactive keep that recorded and make that available online for those who aren't available at the time. And then assuming the technology works for us in the format is reasonably comfortable, then any of the events that we had scheduled for the rest of the year, we will, rather than cancel, we'll, we'll repeat that position. Thanks, Paul. It's, uh, that's great insight. And as, similarly at Halebury, we're looking to do the same with, with some potentially some breakfast. We recognise that there'll be a lot of people at home at breakfast time, potentially in turn two, including uh, parents and students. So looking to uh, potentially get the principal to, to zoom in um, and members of our foundation as well to update them on, on what work we're doing with the foundation and also what work we're doing with the school as well. And, and normally those breakfasts might have attract 100 people or so, and if we can do that virtually, that's, uh, that's absolutely a positive. Um, 
I'm going to go back to uh, back to Geelong and, and, and get uh, Peter Moran just to comment on uh, a renewed focus for uh, for Geelong College in terms of uh, the bequest program. So, Peter, obviously one of the areas that uh, many of us are focusing on now is uh, is bequest in these times. Just explain to us what you're doing in that space. Yeah, thanks, Russell. Um, basically, what we're looking to do at the moment is really where we, it was a program we had in mind to, to re revitalise what we call our Morrison Society. Um, and it was something that was always wanting to do, but we were intending to go into capital campaign this year. So those plans are obviously just on, on hold at this moment. Um, but really just looking at ways in which we can try and increase uh, the membership of our, our bequest society. So certainly nothing, nothing new and certainly a lot of learnings that uh, we got from um, Anne's uh, SIG that she ran last year at Melbourne Grammar. Really just looking at um, engaging with our current bequest uh, members, um, looking at getting testimonials, putting together communications around that, also looking at obviously a much more increased presence on our webpage around our bequest program and the impacts that it's had over the many years um, that we've had bequests come through. So certainly nothing new that everybody else would be doing with their own programs, but using this time to really look at uh, ways in which we can increase that membership and um, and use a, use our time uh, productively in that regards. And again, using it as the time now, um, certainly taking notes from what everyone's saying today about messaging around what's happening at the college. Um, obviously, very interested to hear how we're handling our online learning experience with the students. But that sort of comms could lead into a way in which um, we could increase the messaging around joining the bequest, um, bequest society and leaving a, a, a bequest to the college. Great, thanks, Peter. Um, just noticing there in the just updating, obviously in, in the chat there. Great to see some uh, some questions coming through. Di Lawrence is talking about um, uh, obviously some online uh, learning resources there, and uh, and could they could any donations to support online learning be directed through the library funds and perhaps be tax deductible? That was a question from Kim Shearer. So answer indicated yes that uh, that that might be the case so that's um that's an interesting uh interesting way to to look at that we'll keep going uh through and i just wanted to head down to tasmania now uh to launceston church grammar school and ben, ben clark and and similarly with uh with peter moran's uh, efforts around bequests uh ben you're looking at bursaries as being an area of focus for your school can you just explain what you're doing in that space please yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, guys, for your time. Really appreciate it. There's been some really good messaging coming through. It certainly makes me rethink um, our annual fund. So thank you for that. Um, look around around bursaries. We will be pushing to um, ask existing donors, particularly to to support our scholarships and bursaries. Um, I've been trying really hard through this period to maintain relationships with our key donors. Um, as you guys know, times are changing so quickly that even as of last week, I was still making personal visits, um, particularly around some of our older alumni now. As Anne um, said, the focus really um, is on our community. I see it as, as hugely important to, to look after those people that we see as vulnerable in our community. Um, so yeah, I've just been really trying hard to keep in touch with people, making sure people are okay because um, at the end of the day um, yes we are fundraisers but but we really um, should and do and we all do care about these people 
um, and it's a tough time. But yeah, look, I, I've had some good support already. I've had um, just in the last 24 hours, a couple of donations um, come through um, that are fantastic um, around around scholarships and bursaries. And, and that's just through, through me keeping in touch with people, um, talking to people, um, go, in, in some respects, going back to some, some basic um, tools of our, our trade, and, that, and that's getting on the phone, um, calling people. I mean, we've all, we've all cancelled events. Um, I'm sure um, Zoe, who works in our office, is listening in on this. She, she's been through a, a stressful period with, with cancelling events, but we've um, tried as hard as we can to call everybody, make contact, make sure people are feeling okay, um, keeping our community informed about what's happening at the school, because as Anne says, that's really, really critical. And yeah, just, just trying hard to um, yeah work with it, work with the people we care about because they do really care about the school, and, and I'm quite positive that they will they know what's going on and they will help us out with with bursaries for sure. So yeah, it's just about being going back to basics a little bit in some respects, if that makes sense. Thanks, Ben. Um, in terms, that's that's great. In terms of communication, uh, it's really obviously obvious that, and Anne referenced it before, that we communicate exceptionally well with our donors. John Phillips from Brighton Grammar School has indicated to me that there are a number of ways that Brighton is is doing this, and in particular, segmenting uh, emails to uh, their community in terms of impact stories, updates, etc. John, would you like to uh, welcome and? Uh, uh, as a seasoned professional in this field, would you like to uh, talk about some of the things that Brighton Grammar School is doing in this space? Michael, oh, there, we there we go. Um, thank you, Russell, and hi, everyone. Um, I suppose the first thing I'd like to say before I talk about our segmented approach to communications is please don't feel disheartened by what's happened over the last few weeks in the world. Um, particularly at Brighton Ground, we see this as a bit of an opportunity to, to reposition re ourselves in terms of the comms. Um, and I'm sure we're all going to bounce back stronger than we were. So um, it is an opportunity to, to do things a little bit differently. And one way that we're doing things differently is by segmenting our communications. So we've, spent, we've written a new comms strategy. Uh, it's taken our team uh, probably three days to do that. We've written segmented emails to each constituency, be it annual giving donors major donors, be it requesters, be it old staff who have donated. So I've got all those ready to go using pivot tables, which I don't understand, but fortunately I have somebody in my office that does, and they'll, they'll all go out. We were going to send them out this week. Um, some of them we have. We've sent out the bequester one, and I've been in touch with all our major donors. The rest will probably go out in a week or so. I'm just very, very mindful of sending out anything at the moment. Um, I don't know about everybody that's tuning in, but we're getting hammered with emails at the moment. I just suspect they'll get lost. Having said that, I've, I've been in touch with all our um, major donors personally um, over the last week or so. Like Tim too, I've just come back from the States and was in isolation for two weeks, but back at work at the moment and um, we'll, we'll shut down um, tomorrow. Um, but um, it's really interesting times. Just something else, Tim, um, with the communications, it's really important to communicate. It's just a matter of choosing when you think it's best for your particular school. We've got a, a letter going out to our parents tomorrow, which the headmaster's writing, which talks about um, school fees. So like probably all, all schools here, next week is probably the, the week that our school fees go out. We've, um, we've focused on philanthropy in that letter. Um, one thing um, we've talked about, you know, we've had a successful year last year, we're still putting out our impact report next week. 
Um, we've also taken off our voluntary fee contribution for the first time in the school's history. Um, even though that's been a great prospect tool for us in the past, um, we've decided to remove it on this occasion and we've written a letter, we've written a line in the letter that says why. Um, so I think um, it's just not the right time to ask. Um, and in terms of annual giving, we're in two minds about it. At the moment, we're probably leaning towards not going ahead with annual giving, and each year, annual giving here brings in a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, so we're um, we're in two minds, but I think I think the way things are going, we probably will um, cancel it. Um, I think Tim, that's probably all I need to say. Um, oh, the last thing we, we are in campaign mode. Um, and so that poses some challenges for us at the moment. Fortunately, we're in the quiet phase, and fortunately, the support to date has been really good, including last week in the US or two weeks ago in the US. Um, but we'll probably um, change our direction a little bit there um, while we work through this situation. I think the building, the new School of Entrepreneurship, will now be put on hold for a year um, in terms of when we start to build um, and while we regret. So finally, yeah, don't be disheartened, just see this as a way to. to you know, spend a little bit more time knowing your donors, communicating with them, um, doing a bit more research and getting out those impact stories. So with each column that's going out next week, there's an impact story as well, mainly around the annual giving and um, what impact those, uh, those scholarship recipients receive of the generosity of our community. Thanks, John. Great. Really, really terrific to hear from you and thanks for the insight. Just a question uh, from Lucy uh, to you. What are the segments that you're... Um, utilising for your communications? Are they all donors or non-donors included as well? Um, yeah, we've got, we've got um, eight segmented emails ready to go. So we've got, um, why, don't, why don't I after this, I'll send them to you because I think I can probably only remember five or six at the moment, but I'll, I'll put them on the chat. Um, so you can see that mainly it's people to donate it, uh, have donated, but in, in the impact report, it, it does go out to the whole community. It talks a little bit about some of those stories there, but I'll, I'll, put, the, I'll put the segmented groups on, on chat. And Penny's just asked, um, what, are the, what are the overarching contents or messages in those segmented letters? Yep, I'm, I'm happy to put a few dot points on that. But basically, that's just um, talking about the school's response to what's happened, uh, what we're doing it as a school. So we're talking about our distance learning model, which has gone really well this week. Um, what our plans are for the future, throwing in some good news stories, particularly around scholarship recipients. Talking about the project, if the email is going out to major donors who have supported the project to date. Um, so again, the, the messages are segmented depending on who we're segmenting to. Thank you. It's a really good opportunity now to, uh, to welcome and introduce uh, Educate Plus's new chairperson. And uh, uh, it's wonderful to have uh, Lee Walker-Franks with us. Uh, Lee from uh, Brisbane Boys College in, uh, in Queensland. Uh, Lee, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you're obviously a seasoned uh, professional in this field. So, firstly, congratulations on your new appointment. And, and secondly, how are things? Uh, how are things going for you? Ah, wonderful. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, what a time to step up. Uh, <laughs> incredible timing. Um, and also, just I guess as way of background, um, I started here at Brisbane Boys College very late last year. Um, and obviously had uh, put in place our plans for this year, uh, including uh, launching a campaign. And this is our uh, Old Boys Centenary Year as well. Uh, so had in place a whole range of activities there, mainly friend raising, but obviously um, 
linking in with our new day approaches, we're calling it, uh, in regards to our foundation, which um, needing to reinvigorate that board as well. So uh, certainly uncharted waters for all of us and here at BBC um, even more so in some ways. Um, can I just start off by saying that the first campaign that I ran at Newington College in Sydney um, in 2008 was when the GFC, the first GFC started um, and certainly at the beginning of all of this, maybe like a lot of you who went through that, I was thinking it was sort of along those lines and of course we would sort of uh, readjust a few things and push a few things out um, and you know, it would blow over. Um, but obviously now we're all in the same position that this is going to be a longer term and not just the health crisis moving on, but then the financial lag, um, not just for philanthropy, but also with attendees considering what events they will attend um, in what will be at the end of this year, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a very busy space um, in a, a still financially stressed environment. Um, so uh, I guess I just wanted to, the initial question was sort of how our school's coping with it and that sort of thing. Um, and I thought I'd just share with you a couple of points here. Um, my position does sit on the executive team here. Um, and basically we're going with um, uh, very much the idea of um, deliberate calm. And there's a couple of points in there when it comes to what that means for us, which I, I thought might be helpful to share. Um, it means bounded optimism. And what that means is that we will find a way through this, but we don't have uh, all of the answers right now. Um, that during crisis management, there's pause, assess, anticipate and revise. And certainly that's just the process that we're, we've been um, working through. Um, and then I guess to be decisive, um, leading with resolve. So once we, we make a decision, <laughs> we stick to it unless there really is um, overwhelming reasons to, to change it and we found that our community and our comms and everything have been very well received and appreciated. Um, we just yesterday made the decision that we the boys will finish here on Friday. Next week is the last week of term and we're moving to at-home learning with only essential boys that uh, families need to send them uh, next week will we'll be coming and will be supervised but not taught. Um, and just, I guess, I'd like to sort of finish off this initial sort of thing about leadership and, and the strategies there that um, just that little saying of that this too shall pass. Um, and yeah, I, I concur with um, what I think um, John Phillips said with that now's an opportunity to really reassess everything, um, but also to reposition um, and I guess communicate what our culture is of philanthropy within our school and what it's not. And that will say a lot uh, to our um, donors and also our prospective donors as well. Um, so yeah, that's just my, my initial thoughts. Um, just very quickly, the things that we're looking at doing, we were overhauling our whole scholarship versus bursary um, budget and spend. Um, scholarship being non-means tested and bursary being means tested. And we were wanting to reduce our scholarship spend and hopefully increase through philanthropy our bursary spend. I think that probably we'll move to a position where we look to um, allocate some of our scholarship budget uh, to more hardship for our families. Um, last year, just after I started, um, about 12 days later, we ran a giving day as part 
I packaged it as being part of the valedictory program. There was no valedictory giving program here. So working very quickly with the year 12 boys to come up with a, a giving day. And that was to revamp um, some senior classrooms that hadn't been touched since I think the early 80s. Um, so uh, looking at doing, uh, we were looking at doing an annual giving post out this year to everyone. Now it will just be, as others have said, to, to past donors, maybe say the last three years. Um, but I guess because now that we have a lot of our giving days online giving sort of things, which we were looking at doing in September, I might bring that forward to um, August. Because uh, I think people will be looking for some sort of galvanising um, and online is fine opportunity by then um, but yeah so having the annual giving the mail out so that the oldies if you like can fill in that card and return it um, and, and that be, be part of the online giving day so it will still be matched later in the year so that they're feeling that they're contributing now it will be matched by others um, and um, and we obviously will feed back to them those who aren't online don't have emails what the outcome is so they're just my initial thoughts there Thanks, Lee. Great to uh, great to hear from you. We're also fortunate to have uh, Tony Bretherton on online as well. Tony uh, provided some some very sage advice in terms of uh, the communication uh, with donors. Tony from AskRight, obviously over in uh, over in Fremantle at the moment. Tony, you spoke about uh, to me the other day about the key relationships that we need to nurture ongoing. Would you like to make some comments around that, please? Oh, hello there, everyone. I hope uh, you can see and hear me. Um, and really just three simple points. Um, uh, I heard uh, the comment earlier about uh, annual giving and whether it should proceed or not. Uh, I just think that our institutions are some of the stable places in a very unstable world right now. And so my, my simple view would be that if if people expect it, and it's always been part of what we do and who we are, uh, if we don't have to change it, it would be really good not to. I think we, we have a symbolic presence in our communities at this time. So while everyone is getting shaken, rocked, and rolled, uh, the stability that your institution um, represents in the community is really, really important. Uh, the second thing would be simply that, um, our people matter, and everyone's been saying that, quite right. And if, if somebody mattered one-to-one -one last week or last month, they matter in the same way now. The way we reach out to them, different, sure. But we should not walk away from those relationships. They're, they're critical today. They were yesterday, and they will be tomorrow. Uh, and as somebody else said, quite rightly, these are our community, our people. They matter. And, um, and, and then the last comment I'd make is um, a lot of emphasis is now being heard about, well, they're going to have to become digital donors. And a whole lot of people will move to a level of digital engagement that hasn't been there in the past, but not everyone will. There, there will still be some people for whom the digital engagement is not their preference. And as we put our energies into that right now, uh, the way we care for people and communicate with people ongoing uh, may include some traditional uh, 
aspects that, and I frankly don't know how to do that in this environment. And pausing for thought, how do we keep alive in a real way, authentic way, the relationships we have with people? There's no quick answer, and uh, thanks for having me on board from Freeman. Thanks, Tony. Really interesting comments from Stuart Galbraith from Kerry in the uh, in the chat there. I, I might just call on Stuart to. Uh, Stuart has been uh, listening to Lynn Wester, who of course was a, a huge uh, draw card at our most recent conference, Educate Plus conference in Auckland uh, last year. And um, uh, Stuart uh, has, has has written down five key points there. Stuart, I might just call upon you, if you don't mind, to uh, perhaps have a have a chat about what what Lynn Wester's uh, uh, advice is in this, uh, in this time as well. Yeah, just um, thanks everyone. Um, sorry for no video, um, probably improved. Um, just Lynn had raised some really clear points which I thought were quite useful for everyone to see. Um, obviously no annual giving, no campaign, no giving day. Um, don't do it with her pretty clear advice. Second was, um, now is not the time to be doing fundraising. Most people are, are really caught up with what's um, happening in their lives. Um, so uh, it's really, she said something like, it's the most disruptive time since World War II um, for a lot of people. So uh, now is not the time where people are thinking about this. So um, hold back. Um, she said that um, if we uh, do do fundraising, obviously it's really important that we show our community that we acknowledge that this is not business as usual, that this is a changed world environment. Um, and we need to really be clear that our community understands that. Um, next, that um, if we do do uh, fundraising, then obviously it's really important to, uh, to demonstrate empathy um, and to show that we are uh, caring for our staff and our students. She was really clear on that. Um, and then she said that if we are to do any uh, student hardship relief emergency fund, whatever we want to call it, um, it's got to really relate to people's lives um, and how they're being impacted by the uh, situation we're in right now. Um, and she said uh, a lot of people uh, are very sensitive to getting mail right now, um, uh, especially older people. Um, so uh, no communications in the mail at all. Um, uh, and um, she said she would even think about not doing any, sending out any um, printed um, communications at all, whether they're even magazines or anything. And just the final point, um, which I thought was really quite powerful, was that one in five households um, in the States are being impacted um, through the work situation. So I don't know how directly it's um, comparable here, but really something that we should be cognizant of. Mm, some really great advice. Thank you, Stuart, for, for raising that. I know that uh, Penny again at Turak is just raising some questions in relation to, to board. So Penny, I might bring you back on there and just get you to just articulate a couple of those questions. We might get some answers through the chat facility there. Yeah, sure. Look, I was just wondering, uh, we don't have a particularly established um, relief fund that we've ever raised money for. Um, I think I have broached it in the past in relation to bequests. Um, but there has been some hesitation from our executive team or, or our board around how are those funds distributed 
barely amongst the community. Obviously, some people will have needs, some people won't, um, people talk. And so I was just interested to know how, how that is managed within schools who have experience in this. Yeah, we, we, might get some, uh, we might get some responses back through. Or if anyone wants to jump in now, I'm, I'm very happy to, uh, to open things up. It might be challenging with, with over 70 people on, online, but if anyone wants to jump in, if they've got an answer to Penny's query there, Lee? Look, I was going to uh, say that this might seem quite obvious to, to schools that have a lot of payment options. Um, it may come as a surprise that here at Brisbane Boys College, we actually only have um, but per semester payment. And uh, so we are very seriously looking at um, that even those families who aren't, uh, haven't lost jobs and in incredibly hard situations uh, yet might just uh, to relieve their um, fears, I guess, of that, um, offering them um, to split that into 10, um, 10 or 20. So uh, lots of times in philanthropy, of course, as well, when we do monthly payments, we just do February to November. So it's only 10 months a year. So enabling them to take the option to um, to split it into 10 payments um, a year or 20, so it's fortnightly. Um, and uh, so just, I guess, to sort of show that we understand that generally, um, yeah, there's lots of different levels of sort of hardship and concern, um, and showing concern. Other thing too is that we're considering um, is for the parents who uh, are still keen, of course, to have their son start next year, that uh, giving them the option of starting um, to make payments uh, this year, again, on a monthly or fortnightly basis, again, to just relieve their, their, their stress um, around having to have these, these funds all next year. Um, I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in. Thank you, Lee. Anybody else um, got any responses on that issue around boards and, uh, and fee assistance or boards in general in terms of what the advice they're providing at this time? No, that's fine. That can always come through. Um, again, if, if anyone's got any um, any queries in this space, more than welcome to uh, to, to email through to, to myself or obviously Tina and uh, and Sheila as well. Um, if anyone, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to spend the last five minutes, um, uh, anyone wants to make any comments, ask any questions of anybody that's in the room. We've still got over 60 people here, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's been a really good session from the point of view of learning. So very happy to continue any comments or questions. Uh, please fire away. Chanel, hi Chanel. Take yourself off mute there, Chanel. Chanel Hughes. Hi. Um, I just wanted to underline um, uh, everything that, that people have said um, in terms of the importance of building relationships. Uh, obviously, donor stewardship is a really important um, activity to, to be going through at the moment. Um, something that hasn't been mentioned yet is actually doing donor profiles. So this is a wonderful opportunity to actually spend some time um, building beautiful stories about your donors. Uh, and, you know, they'll appreciate getting that special treatment at this time, um, as well as helping you develop some content that will engage your future audience. Also, um, just going back to what John Phillips was saying about developing or working on his it's because... Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> um, am I still going? 
Ah. Um, so the, it's a great opportunity. I mean, obviously events are very labor intensive. So now's a wonderful opportunity to do all of that really foundational background stuff, like building your bequest strategy, um, working on your policies and guidelines that help with your, your fundraising infrastructure, um, working on things like your naming assessment, doing all of that kind of background stuff that often gets put on the back burner because you're dealing with what's most um, urgent in terms of events and so forth. Brilliant. Thank you, Chanel. That's uh, absolutely great advice. I appreciate that. Um, no, I'm mindful of the time being close to 12 o'clock. Anybody else would like to make a comment there? Just want to unmute yourself if you'd like to make a comment or ask a, uh, ask a question. Di Lawrence is asking the question, I'm still unsure about whether to ask our, uh, our community to donate to bursaries. Di, are you there? Would you like to come on board and just have a bit of a chat about that? Just unmute yourself there, Di. There you go. I don't think that's me, is it? Yes, you're on. <laughs> okay. Um, look, I, I, as I mentioned in the chat, um, it, this has been really helpful, but uh, we are a lower socioeconomic school. We have concerns about uh, our parent body being able to meet the fees. Uh, the dilemma of, you know, do we take the Lynn Wester approach of, of not asking? Uh, do we take the bolder approach that others have have um, have talked about in terms of strategies? I can see the arguments on both sides. It's it's almost a toss of the dice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really appreciate the comments from John Phillips about um, the impact report and sending out the messages. Mostly, uh, my time lately has been. Um, all of my time lately, um, has been taken up with uh, developing a, the comms uh, out to our community about yeah. how we are keeping going um, with the online learning. Uh, and that's been really, really positive. We've had a terrific response. So the groundwork of staying in touch with community has been maintained. And it's just the nervousness of, well, will, will we cause damage? Uh, you know, we've got a, a kind of a confidence risk here. Uh, do we cause damage by making uh, the ask? Though I could also argue that if our platform for asking for uh, donations is to help those on bursaries, then we can justify it. It's just so difficult to make that decision. Absolutely. Thanks, Di, for that. Um, Obviously, all schools are, are very, very different, and we have got all schools based uh, across this forum now. So, uh, I'm certain that um, those responses will come come forward. Uh, if anyone would like to make a comment based on Di's suggestion or uh, or question, um, or any any further comments, we I think this has been. Um, a really good session and, and the comments been made by a couple of people through the chat there that um, it's been a good session in terms of getting everybody together and getting some ideas on board. So we'll certainly do more of these. Um, very, 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 very keen to uh, to engage uh, more and more people across more and more topics. Um, Paul Dennett's asked the question, is there an opportunity for us to do some stuff around fundraising benchmarking? And I think that's absolutely something we can do. I will certainly be in touch with um, with Neil, 
uh, and Tina and Sheila about uh, producing more of these. Um, very happy for someone else to facilitate as well, but uh, um, I really appreciate and value everybody's contribution today. Thank you to Roz, who is uh, taking our notes for us today. Um, it's, it's been very, very helpful and, and very beneficial. The Educate Plus community continues to, uh, to work together uh, to, uh, to serve you all. And, uh, and I certainly hope that um, you've learned something out of today and, and that we, you feel as though you are a part of a very, very strong community. And I guess the final thing I wanted to say is that, you know, we, we, at, this, at this time and in really difficult times, we play really important roles for our institutions. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, or fortunately or unfortunately, uh, the focus is probably not on fundraising or not on alumni relations or community engagement in our schools. It's more on online learning and how our schools are going to survive at this time. But I think it's really important for us all to continually remind our leaders that without our community, our schools don't really operate. And it's really important at this time to ensure that um, our we, the work that we're doing uh, is noticed uh, and is having a considerable impact within our own communities that we operate in. So I wish you all the best. I thank you very, very much for joining in today and I look forward to catching up uh, another time. And for those of you who are joining the alumni session at two o'clock, I look forward to seeing you then as well. So thanks everyone. Thanks for your contribution.